Like a Pro podcast, your guide to the entertainment industry from the professional at the top. Hello and welcome to Like a Pro podcast with me, Susie Wilde. And this week we're talking about radio. So if you love radio, you have to listen to this episode. I'm joined by the producer of Capital's Breakfast Show with Roman Kemp, James Thompson Boston. Hello! Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this really sunny day. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, it is sunny. It's absolutely streaming through those windows, isn't it? Yeah, and you've got that really sunshiny Australian accent as yes. well. So that's where you originate from. And now you're in the big smoke. We'll talk about the kind of magnitude of Capital because you have 3.7 million listeners, UK's number one hit music station you must be doing something right yeah i think from my look i think it may be our last um radar number so radar if, if you're listening and you don't know it is how we quantify listeners um and how far the radio reaches and stuff like that i think we we're closer to 7 million a week and then our breakfast shows 2.6 million a week as well so that's capital breakfast roman camp and Moving from where I'm from originally in Perth, which is a, uh, I guess the biggest town in, in the western side of Australia, um, it was such a jump up because you just go from just broadcasting to like quite a small, I guess, community of people in Perth and then looking straight out to the whole of the UK is a bit like, <gasps> there's so many different cultures and areas and um, everyone has their own way of speaking and they have their own way of interacting with um, not only each other, but their radio shows. You have to try and encompass all of them on a national level. So. Yeah. And so what do you think it is about a breakfast show in particular that, that has that ingredient of popularity? I think it's because, look, growing up, I listened to radio um, all the time. It's where, where my first love of radio came from. And it was breakfast specifically. But for a lot of people um, traveling into work, you want that idea of like friendship, that idea yeah. of someone speaking to you in the morning. And normally, like, you know, most breakfast shows go with sort of the sunshine demeanor of today's going to be a good day. And I think you need that positive affirmation, waking up, getting into a car, about to do your eight or nine hour shift yeah. in the same place. Absolutely. It certainly helped me out yeah. <laughs> ahead of a long day sometimes. Um, and I think what's wonderful about the breakfast show is you see there is that real friendship as well. So um, there you have, of course, Roman, you've got Sonny J, Sean Welby, and they really feel like a kind of family unit, don't they? Do you know what? Like, it's been said before, I've worked with multiple teams before, and this is um, this is a team who would hang out with each other outside of work, and most teams are friends and friendly, but this team just click, and you can hear that, and you've just said it, you can hear it every single time they come on air, they've actually got that sort of friendship dynamic that is so hard, like, so f sought after in radio. Um, and can feel manufactured. You've probably heard other shows before. Sometimes you feel can feel a little yeah, bit Yeah, and we won't mention names. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Everyone has to get on with these guys genuinely do. Um, and it makes my life so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And um, you mentioned about your um, interest in radio from quite a young age. So so where did that start from? When was it that you kind of felt like, oh, this is this sounds good? So I used to wake up um, like at like five in the morning all the time when I was younger and it used to annoy my mum so much because <laughs> she, I would get up and then I'd start making noise in the house and then she would get like really frustrated with me and be like, everyone's asleep, so you need to be asleep. Anyway. <laughs> When I realised that, like my mum realised I was always going to do it, she was like, look, put the radio on quietly in your room. So got me a radio, put quietly, like radio quietly on your room and, and then that will just keep you occupied for at least an hour. <laughs> okay. people, you know, only a human time to wake up. Um, so I started listening to breakfast radio then and I guess really I find that that six o'clock hour to seven o'clock hour, lots of people miss, but it's so important. 
um, because yeah. one, you can get away with more stuff there. <laughs> no um, one's watching. And uh, and two, it's where you really get like the energy from the show. It starts building in the sixth and the seventh. So you, listening to that growing up, I just felt like I was a part of, you know, people were genuinely waking up and so were the people on the radio. So you yeah. felt like you were all part of one, I guess, symbiotic relationship. Okay, so not only entertaining, but also a good way to control children mm. as well. Mm. <laughs> yes, A yes, little it bit was. like a, a kind of super nanny, <laughs> if you will. Okay, so um, what you do then, you have a huge amount of responsibility with, uh, you know, make, then making us feel like we're waking up with you. So what happens when you go into the studio before everyone's woken up? Um, what What is the kind of plan? How do you put together a program yeah i think um i think probably all shows uh like around the world do this you have obviously a a pre-show meeting where you sit down and all the presenters bring their ideas and what they do is they sit down they bring all their ideas and we think do you know what this is really great for this reason and this is really great for this reason and great great for this reason and that's kind of how the show's put together and it's very dependent on what has happened in the last 24 hours um, around the world. I say news cycle, what's happened in the news cycle, but yeah. for commercial breakfast radio, it's more fun. So, <laughs> you know, we don't, we're not really specifically looking at the real hard hitting news. We're just looking at, you know, what's floating around and what do people really need to know today? Yeah, because your, uh, your station in particular has quite a kind of young audience mm-hmm. and um, very celebrity kind of focused as well. So, um, I mean, we talk about some of the celebrities that I guess regulars on there, yeah. um, One Direction boys, mm-hmm. yep. Ed Sheeran, mm-hmm. Adele, mega stars. Yeah. So how how much are you involved in the kind of like um, planning with who's going to be on and you know, like which celebrities? Or- um, I think that's probably. Uh, I think most celebrities. Uh, don't just come in for the crack. <laughs> some do. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Some are great. Some just I'm sure have they a laugh. do. But a lot of them come in for um for promo purposes. Yeah. So realistically, it always revolves around you know someone they want to come in and say I've got this new song or I'm gonna do I'm doing it like for Harry Styles I'm doing a film. Do you know what I mean? He's doing all these different things. Yeah. So a lot of the time that's where we get our, our celebs from, um, and then it's about sitting down and having a chat with them and, and because they're doing a promo run so they're going to do loads of radio stations um, and tv what makes ours more important and more Mm. special okay so you really got to think about the celebrities that are going to match your audience and they're thinking about the audience that will match them as well so um have you ever been surprised by any of the the famous people that you've met i think yeah well i think there's Everyone you meet, all the celebs that we've ever had in the studio, and I think it's a testament to obviously Roman, Sunny and Chan's friendly demeanour have just been so lovely as well. Yeah. Um, and you forget that obviously the mega, mega stars are just normal people. Right, yeah. So, for example, Miley Cyrus, when she came in, she just started sitting on people's desks and chatting with them. And we, everyone was a bit like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? Like, normally, you know, you come in, they sit in the studio and she's just like walking around <laughs> in the office and stuff like that. And you forget that even though you see them on TV or on YouTube or wherever you like get, wherever you see them, I guess, that behind that is just a living, breathing person who is here to yeah. also have fun. So, yeah. it's nice. Well, it certainly comes across. And I think what we get as listeners from the show is that the or the celebrities can kind of, they have this feeling of relaxing, like, oh, okay, now I can let go. I guess it's quite quite a kind of like fast-paced thing where you're having to think on your feet all the time. Um, yeah, as a so I, I've got an exec producer above me. I'm the senior producer, and then we've got... Um, a, 
couple of other producers as well around us. Um, and so it's my job specifically to really look at timings right. <laughs> and how quickly the pace of the show moves. Now, you um, said that with a little laugh. Yeah, because so <laughs> <laughs> it's it, some days everything can feel like very well spaced out and can feel and some days it's like holding on to a runaway train but that's the those are the best days those days where you've got like three interviews on plus you've got a competition in there plus you need to do some announcements plus you got you know you're just like oh, there's just so much in the show you feel at the end of it you're like oh <laughs> you've just finished like the best workout of your life yeah <laughs> coming up do you ever get starstruck uh so, like the most starstruck i've been and this was adina menzel Oh yeah. yeah, Frozen. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna be really cool, and she came in. I was like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> hyperventilated. Honestly, she looked at me and she was like, "You okay?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm fine." <laughs> Did she tell you to let it go? Oh. oh. No, <laughs>
I think it was like the second time I had been invited to a party. It was at the, at the flat, um, at our mate's flat. So I'd gone there and everyone's like, okay, look, we're going to have some drinks and then we're going to go out. And so we're kind of halfway through having drinks and everyone's having fun and everyone just goes, all right, time to stop. And I was like, what? And everyone <laughs> sits on the couch. Honestly, these are like, these are like, I think they were like, we must have been like 25 year old, like 20, like six, 25 year old lads. Everyone stopped what would, I would call pre-drinks in Australia. Yeah. Sat on the couch and started watching Saturday Night Takeaway. And I was like, what is this? And now I understand it. Because I yeah. like, um, honestly, last season was hilarious. But do you know what I mean? I properly get it. But at the time I was like, I do not understand why these, this demographic of boys would stop drinking to watch a one hour and a half, like an hour and a half program on a Saturday night. But I get it. I get it. That's us. Crazy and bonkers Brits again. <laughs> so, um, but you are about you're in your twenties, mm. and um, for a lot of people, that must have been very. That would be very exciting to be in the midst of it. You're such a great team as well. Had you kind of built up your radio career be- before that? Yes. Well? Yeah. So I started in radio. Well, come, I'll be ten years in breakfast radio this year. Oh wow! I know. Yeah. Which is like you can see the greys in the sky. <laughs> still in my twenties, and honestly, the greys are getting outraged. But um, I started in the street team when I was 17 in Perth. So street team, uh, if you've never heard of radio, probably not many street teams around anymore in the UK. Um, but street team was where people would jump in a car, it would be branded, they would just turn up at like a shopping centre or a, a sporting event and they would hand out free promotional items, ah, play okay. the music really loudly, yeah. say our radio station's really cool, promote like quite a nice listener interaction moment. Um, so that's where I started, did three years there and then I ended up moving into working on a breakfast team and I was doing digital content producing which okay. is now social media producing like a but it, at the time digital content was seen as um well, I mean it was quite a big scope and it was less about doing social media it was more about just shooting videos and stuff like that um which do exist which still exist by the way but I'm just trying to um and then from there went into breakfast producing and then moved to the UK and then had my own show and now working on Capital Breakfast with Roman Kemp um and yeah it it's it moved at quite a pace when you keep moving jobs like that because mm. you start, um, you know, as I said, handing out what we would call choc chills, like flavoured chocolate milk. And now What's that, choc chill? Oh, yeah, called a choc chill in Australia. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and, but now, like you said, sitting next to Adele, like you just be like, whoa, <laughs> how did I get here? Um, Actually, do you ever get starstruck being around? Uh, like the most starstruck I've been, and this was Adina Menzel. Who oh, is, yeah, yeah, Frozen. Yeah, just because like... Like I love musicals and I uh, like, you know, she was obviously the original Elfburn and Wicked and she's obviously in Frozen. Anyway, long story short, I was like, I'm going to be really cool. And she came in. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> hyperventilating. Honestly, she looked at me and she was like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Did she tell you to let it go? Oh, oh. No, she <laughs> So you've had this kind of fast pace track to to get in there. And when you had your own show, did that kind of give you a taste of doing the producing side as well, with, the, with having a... a yeah. So the, my, having your own show when I was working with Justin and Kelly was that you you would do... And like there's loads of producers who work in the regions currently who do everything. So it means that you have to film your own stuff, do your own social media, plan your full show, and it gives you such a breadth of skills. 
Um, and I recommend anyone, I mean, anyone who's ever done community radio has probably had to do the exact same thing. Um, it's, it's a really, really good place to get stuck in and really figure out where your blind spots are. Mm. And then when you move up to a job that's just one of those disciplines, you've also got a good knowledge of what everyone else around you is doing and it makes you appreciate their work more. Yeah. Isn't this what you call flying hours? Yeah. Well, I call it, yeah, I do call them flying hours. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes, it's just like, um, I guess same thing with when you're driving and you're on your L, L plate. Do you guys call them L plates here? Okay. Uh, like learner plates. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, when you're yeah, learners, so. it's, that's what like you, you go in there, you've got like a nice safety net around you and you're working hard to produce a show, but you have to do everything in that time, time period. And then at some point you get to move up a step and you get to choose exactly what you want to do. So. And what is it, do you think that let people allow you to move up that step when do you feel like you can you have their trust um i think well for me i was really lucky because i was selected to come down and work on the national breakfast show so that was um just i mean i've had a lucky run um so i was really happy with that but i think i think everyone at a certain point will really feel like you once you've done six months and you feel like in that six months of time you've pushed yourself to the very limit and this is the, the, the length you're going to go. I mean, the more you can go in that job. That's not a very good sentence. That's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> no Furthest you can go in the job. There we yeah, got it. There we go. Sorry, that Susie was Dent will be calling in. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a whole commotion Sorry. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, when you feel like you've done six months of work, not just six months to start off with, but when you've done six months and in that six months you felt like repetitively you've done the furthest you, you can go. Far out, I can't get that. <laughs> we'll let that one go. Anyway, there'll be a point where you go, okay, it's now time for me to look for something else and it's a step Right. Up. Okay, yeah. So, And you've really had that kind of conscious thing to to progress. You seem to have quite a lot of ambition with, <laughs> with what you do. Um, because actually, you know, there's not a lot of people that can say that they're at the top of the, you know, what they're doing at your age and uh, I think it's really incredible um I'm not just saying that <laughs> <laughs> I really do think that it's amazing and because you have got to such a high level in your career um I'm going to ask about starting out in that because yes. with uh, this podcast we talk a lot about um different industries and and how to get into the kind of entertainment industry and there will be people that just have no idea they think I love radio I love you know like the breakfast show but how do you go about getting into it well I did two things um and some of them you might be able to you might be able to do both um one of them was obviously like I said I started in the street team and that was working specifically just for a radio station um, and going and doing bits around that. So you, I went and was actually working in a street team, but while I was working in the street team, I was like, hey, can I try this? Can I try ah, this? Okay. Can I put together a video for social media for you guys? Can I see how audio is put together? Um, and I did a lot of work experience. And then alongside that, I was also going to uni for journalism. Oh, right. So I did three years uh, as an undergrad uh, of in broadcast journalism, and then I did a one-year postgrad, and that was just specifically in broadcast journalism. And so that was um, that one was really, really uh, was good, really helpful. Um, I mean, it's not probably not going to help any UK listeners unless you want to move to WA, <laughs> yeah, go to Australia. Um, but I, I think either either of those two paths get people to where they need to be, which is really your first stepping stone. Um, I was just lucky that I could do both of them at the same time. Um, yeah. But I would say that 
there will be points in that time, in those six months, in those 12 months where you're doing loads and loads of work experience and it can feel like you're like, I'm just not going to get the break. Mm. But radio, I was always taught, and I can this can be disputed, is a pipeline, um, which means that there's obviously a, a certain amount of jobs. And then as one person at the top, at the end of the pipeline wants to leave, everyone gets to shuffle up and there's right. more roles available. And, and you've just got to hope and have a positive vibe that that's going to happen soon. But So when the person does jump and goes to the next spot or moves to a different job, that you're the person who's going to fill the back, yeah. you know, back, fill that space. So I guess it's a combination of the academic side of it, the training, but then also your your outlook as well. Yeah. Which and helps. I, I, like, honestly, just being positive, I know that sounds like a, like a bit of a wishy-washy response, but just really being positive is is what I would look for for someone inside a breakfast team mm. um, especially if you're like breakfast you're waking up at an ungodly hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, what time do you wake up uh, anytime between 4 and 4 30 okay <laughs> wow. uh, yeah so um, some people just like yawning at the <laughs> at the sound of that now it sounds quite extreme yeah but um well you have to do it don't you you do and, and coming in and like the team we've got obviously we've got Roman Sunny and then I've, we've got a team of another five people around us um Everyone's just got a positive mentality and I think that's really important because it's quite easy, especially in winter when it's dark till like yeah. eight, 8 in the morning, that you've done half a radio show plus you've already been awake for four hours, that you that if someone's got a negative vibe around them, mm. it brings you down a bit. So positivity for breakfast work in any breakfast work is great um, and positivity in radio I think is, is always a step in the right direction. Coming up... Radio is very, like, it's intricate and the best radio seems seamless, but a lot of work goes in mm. behind behind the scenes. When you work as a producer and you're on a radio show, like, you're constantly looking at the clock because it's like, can we fit more songs in? Can we cheer? If this interview goes too long, what do we have to lose off the back? So it's like, it doesn't just finish at 10. You know, when you were talking about the academic side, you said, you know, <laughs> don't just all rush off to Australia. Yeah. Actually, there is a, over here, there's the kind of academic side with the Global Academy as well. Yeah. There? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll, um, yeah, we'll, you've obviously done some research into the Global Academy. I have, Academy. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's great. We have so many. In fact, I think we've just added three Global Academy students to, uh, well, one's now on air. He's now um, he's okay. now on Capital on the actual so Global Academy. Sorry, it's our academy. It's run by my parent company, Global, um, and it gives anyone who's looking to get into radio just a fantastic scope of every different part of it, from on air to off air, so producing to social media to news to broadcasting to video skills. It's amazing. That that is certainly one way that people can get into it. Another thing that you can do in radio, I understand, is sending off your demos. Yes. As well. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are um, thinking about going to radio, you you maybe don't have the the, the means to go into um, another way of it. How do you then send off a demo and make sure that it's good? Well, demos. Demos are tough because um, a, a demo, uh, again, if, you've, if you're new and you've never heard of a demo before, um, it is a cut down piece of audio that shows your best work. I would describe it as like your audio CV mm -hmm. yeah, or resume. Um, and the main thing is that you need to grab the attention of the boss who's listening to it. It needs to match the exact um, 
tone and vibe of the radio station you're applying for it needs to show the entire span of your work but it also needs to kind of be under three minutes so it's a bit of an impossible puzzle do you know what I mean it's a yeah, daunting task it's about making the producer or the, the boss um imagine that person on the radio yeah and exactly. so have you had any ones that are really <laughs> out there <laughs> i don't think do you know what? I, I used to get sent quite a lot of them um when i was up north because there was uh sunderland uni was oh, there and, yeah. and they were like and there was some kids who were on there uh they were working for a radio station called spark which is a community station up there and they were great and they would send all their demos through and stuff like that the, there was no, nothing outrageous but obviously i'm from australia again keep saying it get a little australia counter <laughs> um, yeah we're gonna start a drink <laughs> just with water but we're gonna do that anyway um and uh yeah they there was just words that i just didn't know so i'd be listening and be like what and this is in the the northeast as yeah, well so, so quite it, strong um you know dialects and and yeah and yeah. it was when i just immediately first started so there was like and quite and i love colloquialisms i think they're great in radio especially if you're looking uh, if you're broadcasting quite a specific patch because it can make people really feel like they're at home yeah. but it took me like six months to be like oh <laughs> oh they're saying going out in the sunshine oh okay, yeah, <laughs> would you just be like walking around and then you know like you're in tesco's or somewhere and then suddenly it hits you like yeah. oh that's what they meant <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i remember um one of my friends from overseas said that they didn't understand get in they were like what do you mm. mean get in and i was like well i don't think any of us know we just you know we just either do i i didn't get it for like i played <laughs> i played netball and I, when i like playing I, honestly people would say it all the time and i'm like are they saying it to the ball <laughs> get in <laughs> style thing but now i get it. it's more like you've got in <laughs> yeah, get in yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you do a bit of netball yes um you yeah and you're doing quite well in that as well aren't you like i'm doing all right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and does that help with kind of releasing with like yeah letting go from the day yeah yeah, ex yeah you're spot on um i think the i mean they're both really high pressure environments so to be honest i'm just supplementing one with another but um radio is very like it's intricate and the best radio seems seamless, but a lot of work goes in mm. behind behind the scenes. So to be able to switch off for two hours at a time and, and completely don't like, when I don't, when I mean don't think about time, I mean like when you work as a producer and you're on a radio show, like you're constantly looking at the clock because it's like, can we fit more songs in? Can we cheer long? If this interview goes too long, what do we have to lose off the back? So it's like a constant moving jigsaw puzzle. So to just go, and just run around and throw a ball for yeah. a bit. It actually just takes a lot of the pressure out. That's brilliant. And um, But yeah, it's interesting what you mentioned there about the amount of work that goes in that people wouldn't necessarily know about because um, we're finding this with the podcast. There's a lot of similarities between different sides of entertainment. And on the music podcast, they spoke as well about, you know, people see you playing for the two hours. They don't see all the other stuff that goes in. Does that then create a problem if you're um, explaining to people outside of radio, like, oh, you know, I can't do this thing or I've got... Do they get, like, what, how much goes into the show? Uh, yeah, no, I think, I don't think people do really. I think when I say I wake up at that time and I say it to people who don't, probably don't have um, any media knowledge, they're like, but why? The show starts at six. 
Mm. And I was like, well, because we, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, like there's a pre-show meeting and we, we've got to have a chat about stuff and everyone needs to wake up because you can't go on just complete, like you just rolled out of bed. Otherwise you're going to sound like, <laughs> like, just like eyes droopy, mouth not working. So, um, and then off the back of it, there's so many meetings about upcoming things and things we want to do that for the rest of the year that you, you doesn't just finish at 10. The guys chat with us about things in their life. They want to talk about um, upcoming events that they want, they really want to bring into the show. Right. So it's a, it's, there's a lot of instant forward planning for the show ahead, so the next day. And then there's like longer forward planning for months ahead. Okay, and with Capital in particular, there tends to be quite a lot of outside things like the Jingle Bell Ball, mm. the Summertime Ball, um, and even the links with um, Roman doing the concert for Ukraine. There's a lot that goes into it. So how involved are you in those um, things outside of the radio station? Um, yeah, yeah. well, uh, Summertime and Jingle Bell Ball, definitely we're, we're really into that because front and centre of it, and you would have seen, is... Main is the artist to play on Capital, mm. yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, we've got when you have you been to one before? Oh, we got <laughs> we got to fix that. Yeah, oh, come along. We'll, we'll fix. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm first at the queue, we'll but <laughs> I want this recorded <laughs> everywhere. Okay, because when I turn up, banging on the door. <laughs> like, oh, I don't. Sorry, I don't know her. Um, no, of course I will. Um, no, so uh, you'll see if you go that we've got Roman, Sunny, and Sean who are also hosting the nights as well and that we're hosting those events so they'll be up on stage or yeah. they'll be doing stuff backstage and stuff like that so when we do these large scale events we need to be just as involved because the re the breakfast show is on show all the time on social media or to the huge crowd who's waiting outside to see you know the likes of those big artists we've had previously like your Ed Sheeran's or your Little Mixers. Yeah and um, how do you then work that around their schedules especially when you get people like Roman who's doing a lot of other things TV and um, appearances and things like that how do you work all of that out? I'm lucky enough that I don't actually have to do any of that. Oh, okay, that's good. It's somebody else's yeah, problem. Yeah, that is. Like, I don't even know. So I'll leave that one alone. But I'm I'm lucky enough that I'm just there and I'm there. So when we work together, we make sure that what goes out on air sounds the best it can. Okay. Um, and it's. I think it's really incredible, all of the, the different things that um, that Global do. Um, we know that they have uh, make some noise. They've had a lot of charity campaigns, things like that. With Global, uh, just to explain to everybody as well, um, it's the the parent company that um, has not just Capital Heart and Smooth mm -hmm. LBC Radio X. Do you ever get to interact with the other global presenters, or like the? Do you have like a kind of community within yeah, global? Yeah, we do. The th so obviously, um, so we, uh, yeah, we're Capital, and above us, literally above us, is in a floor above us. We have Heart, so we have um, Jamie oh, and Amanda's okay, breakfast yeah. show, and we though that's that sort of brother sister sibling rivalry type thing. Yeah. They are currently number one, uh, the number one commercial breakfast radio show okay. in the UK. This is with Jamie Thiexon and Amanda Holden, yeah. and we're second, and we're going to get there. We're gonna get them. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's constantly, and we know all their producers, and they know us. Which, you know uh, what I mean? okay. So it's, it is actually a really great culture of, um, you know, really healthy competition. Okay. And every time those rage on numbers we spoke about, those survey numbers come in. You know, you're both like looking at each other. <laughs> Ooh, who's gonna do it this time? Wars um, around the water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Oh, that's incredible. So you get to know them as well. And uh, do you ever, does it ever kind of cross over where you'll get like one producer that works with another one or you just sort of um, stick with your, your main station? We've, we've definitely got our teams who stay with your main station. We do have obviously um, freelance producers. Another great way to get yourself integrated into a radio station, by the way, is to offer yourself up as a freelance producer. Oh. Um, you obviously need a, a good, a solid CV behind you, um, but the, that means that they can use you across loads of different brands and stuff like that. Um, but otherwise, you normally stay to your own little, your own little teams. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's little turf wars going on between <laughs> heart and capital. No, we've got separate <laughs> floors. I can't. better not say I'm like Amanda Holden's turf war. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like such a fun, exciting environment to be in. And we have spoken actually quite a lot about how to get in in terms of the presenting side. Mm -hmm. So what about the other side, the, the production side of it? Yeah, producing is, um, well, obviously, I'm going to say it's my favourite because I'm biased. <laughs> um, it is, I, I love producing. Um, I couldn't see myself. I, do, I, I did, at one point, I was like, oh, I'd love to be on air. And that was when I was in Australia. And then I got further into the producing side and I found that like really helping Roman, Sonny and Sean or whatever team you work with craft the best version of mm. the show that they can put out. It's really satisfying. And how do you do that? How do you bring out the best in them? Um, every uh, first things first, every single talent, they're all talent, um, uh, are different and, and need um, a different level of engagement. Um, but with this team, like we said, they're just so great with each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, what I was saying before, that stuff about talent, that's really for if you're starting out and you're working with someone new, there's never any cookie cutter way to work with someone. Right. I think you really need to get to know their personality first and figure out what they need to feel supported. And then that's going to bring the best out of them. So almost like a kind of um, a, a management yeah, sort of skill as well. That's yeah, going on. Pr producing very much is a, a like a, a managing the most creative management position there is, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> um, because you get to help put together someone's full dream, and then yeah. hope that people relate to it. Oh yeah, that, oh that's really lovely. I'm <laughs> gonna write that in a quote, <laughs> make a little book out of it. That's really nice. Um, but yeah, it's it does have that that kind of feel to it and there'll be people that are listening to to this and and maybe would have picked up how to to go about radio and all, all all those different kind of things but it's not just producing is it there's a whole load of stuff behind the scenes as well in radio yeah yeah like loads of different areas so 100 percent. we have limited. um Digital teams, which is different. So digital team, we have, which is different to our social media team, which is different to our video team, which is, you know what I mean? There is yeah. just so much. Um, so if you love radio and you don't know how to get involved because you don't feel like you're a presenter or a producer, that shouldn't stop you. There is roles that are within radio that if you've just got like maybe a project manager background that's perfect because we have so many st wow. so much stuff going on they might need someone like that inside the company i just hope that people wouldn't limit themselves because they're nervous that they're not an on-air personality yeah i'm um, even just doing this podcast now we're learning so much about the different areas of it and you mentioned the digital side and the social media side um i just wondered because it's something that you worked on before how have you seen that change in the time that you've been yeah producer? well so i was there when snapchat i was like this thing about this i was there when snapchat was created okay. that's when i first started being a social media producer that's crazy like looking back on that and that was like just 
like with all social media, it's constantly evolving and the platforms that you already know exist, they are constantly evolving as mm. well. So there's never time that you can be like, oh, I already know how to do Instagram because in like a couple of months time, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to constantly be on top of that sort of stuff. And um, at one point when I first started, it was fine to just do one post across all social media. Yeah. But now people are so savvy that there are you need to be offering different content uh, from and right, like yeah. and when I mean different content, I don't mean like we need to put out four separate interviews on four separate channels. But for example, Instagram, it might need to be like an Insta story, but when you're doing it on Facebook, it might be better to just do a picture or like on Twitter you could just do a video. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's like so different it, mediums of the same thing. Okay, yeah. And do you have to agree with the um, the presenters what, you know, how much they're going to be posting and what they're going to be posting? Uh, on their separate accounts, on their own accounts, that's up to them. Okay. Um, I, and again, that's way above my pay grade. I'm not getting <laughs> They do their own stuff. Uh, but, yeah. but for um, for Capital, um, I for our actual, our own brand, they trust us to put out the best version of what we've done with them on our social media yeah and there's been some really powerful ways that they they have connected through um, through social media i know that roman spoke very openly and honestly about his mental health mm -hmm. issues and um he posted on instagram and said you know if you if you are struggling do the thing of asking twice ask somebody are you okay are you actually okay? And that got a huge response as well. With, uh, are you finding now that there's other, other purposes to radio and to um, the social media media thing that perhaps weren't there before? Yeah, I think the the stuff with Roman obviously it comes from quite a. Um, I mean, uh, if people didn't know, I had a team member who loved took his own life. Um, his name was Joe Lyons. He was uh, my senior producer at the time. A fantastic human being, a f extraordinary producer and one of Roman's best friends. Mm. Um, so that where Roman's brought that from is a place of this is a conversation that needs to be said and it needs to be said everywhere. So, it, it, of course, it's going to be all over social media. It was also said, it was also something that we used quite a lot on air and spoke about quite a lot on air because it was so close to home. Mm. I, I remember at that going out and obviously I don't want to, you know, bring up too much for you because I know it's a very difficult topic. Um, what I will say is I think that the way that Roman handled that and the episode where he just said... This is the reason why I've been off air and this is what's been going on. That really touched a lot of people and I think it helped a lot of people as well. Yeah, it, it was, don't get me wrong, we were, everyone was just bawling their eyes out. Mm. Um, it was it, it was a definitely a tough, it's been a tough year to be honest. Um, but that's just because these sort of things, they have a, quite a deep impact on you in ways probably you don't, like further than just a surface feeling. Um, but what it, what it, if if there is a positive in in the whole thing it's that people need to speak up and say exactly how like hopefully speak up to their friends and say how they feel and if if our show is going to be known for championing that people should be opening up to their friends and making sure their feelings are felt then we've done our job yeah and it was really beautiful to see the way that the presenters were crying and laughing at the same time I guess it's testament to what the the show is all about and something that Roman said then was um he said I'm, I'm 
we're telling you because we're a family and we're telling the the uh, listeners because you're part of our family as well. And that yeah. was really beautiful. And I know somebody who was particularly uh, resonated with with that with what happened and I know they found that incredibly helpful so um yeah I think it's a testament to your team that they are able to to do that and handle it so professionally um but there are there are going to be those moments where people don't feel like you know being happy and jolly yeah. and you know how do you get through that as well yeah I, look again I can only speak really to the team I'm, I'm working with at the, at the moment, which is Roman, Sunny, and Sean. And because they are such good friends, we know immediately when someone is, you know, not having the best day. And that happens to everyone. Yeah. And then the other two will just go, all right, we're going to be the fun ones today. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that simple. It's, it, I don't think we need to manufacture anything. Yeah. It's just like being inside a, a, a genuine friendship group. I, that's that's really nice to to have sort of that kind of community. Do you feel like within uh, Raid Breakfast Radio in particular that you get that sense where only you know what each other are 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 doing with um you know waking up so early and you're able to like relate to each other in that way? Yeah, you get you you very quickly become very close with each other because of the time you wake up. Um, it's, it's just strange. It's this magnetism that is like pulls you, all of you together. Um, and I think like quite a lot of honesty happens in those studios because it's the first time since you've gone to sleep that you've sort of, if something's annoyed you the night before, you will literally come in and just go, do you know what my other half said yesterday? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like between the songs when you're chatting. So you get quite a brutal honesty from everyone because it's the first opportunity you have to, to vent. Oh, yeah. So especially if I've come off like a netball match or something the night before and I didn't agree with a call, they, <laughs> none of them have any idea really what's going on netball, but they let me just go, that umpiring was absolutely rubbish. Like, they'll just sit there and go, yeah, sounds rubbish. Yeah. Does, does that happen quite a lot? Uh, yeah. I'm a competitive person. So. Okay. And um, also we have this feature on the podcast, mm -hmm. which is called No Such Thing as a Stupid Question. Yeah. <laughs> so just, to, just a kind of lighter side of things. Uh, I have some questions that for the listeners, I, um, I, I call myself like a, a sacrificial lamb. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to ask questions that they want to know, but they don't dare ask. Yeah. Okay. So my first question is, okay, so when we are listening to the radio and it's breakfast radio, uh, we, we use that as our thing to listen to, to get to work mm -hmm. or to do whatever. What does a breakfast producer listen to? Funny. Yeah, good question. <laughs> um, I actually listen to, I said it before, I listen to just musicals, to be honest. Musicals or scores, so stuff without any sound, as in any lyrics. Um, only because like, I consume so much radio as I listen to so much commercial radio. And then on top of that, because I work at Global, you said like we have all those brands. Oh, yeah. So I hear at some point different songs from like seven different genres throughout the day. So I get enough of my fix of like, okay. pop. I'll <laughs> tell you that. We're, we're pleased to know you're getting a radio fix as but well. But the best thing about having all those brands is that you get such a scope of different songs. Like for Radio X, you could be listening to the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah. And then we've obviously got, you know, your Ed Sheeran's and your Little Mixes. Then upstairs, they might be playing like Destiny's Child. So <laughs> it's like going through like a, a fantastic nightclub. <laughs> Just, 
Um, if you're listening to a different, <laughs> this is probably actually a stupid question yeah. as well. If you're listening to a uh, another station, <laughs> and it, it's even under global, does it feel like you're cheating on capital? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think most, almost all, or any. No, it's going to sound mean if they don't do it. I'm going to say it anyway. Okay. Um, any great producer is listening to everything. Yeah. So because if you think that you're the best by just listening to yourself, it, you're kidding yourself. But I think that's ac- across any any job anywhere. You should always be looking at competitors and seeing what they're doing because they're always going to have fantastic ideas. Mm-hmm. So if there's something you really love, you go, all right, I love that idea. And um, how can I make that? an idea for us how can I use something in that idea that I really love from it but how can I make it my own yeah and I guess that's quite good advice for in general if you're interested in radio if you're um, thinking of presenting and things like that so you should actually listen outside of your your comfort zone I guess your comfort yeah I'm gonna say comfort ears and I hope that makes sense I think that was something I definitely learned at my my postgrad that idea of like listening to other stuff and what I was just saying there was just a process that I've used the whole time which is you see something that you love you break it down to why you love it so you like starts it you know, this huge idea, for example, it could be something on out on the deck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That you really love and break it down to what's the exact reason that you love it. Ah, like so the bare bones. Yeah, what's it? the one reason that you that you really resonated? And then you use that to rebuild your whole new idea. Ah, okay. And that's some really amazing ideas. We're coming towards the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about where do you see things going for the future with uh with radio and with capital, do you think it's still going to be a thing where it's kind of like people are chewing in on the radio side? Is there more podcasts involved? Well, yeah, I think I think look, that that sort of um, landscape, the media landscape at the moment, ever changing. Um, but I would say that we're working really hard to make radio as accessible as possible in every aspect of people's lives. So that traditional idea that you just sit in the car and you turn it on now, we've got Global Player, which is um, our app that has every single one of those uh, radio brands on it, along with podcasts, along with a lot of like extra content and stuff like that. And that's on your phone. Yeah. And you've phone, you've with your phone everywhere, you know? So realistically, radio doesn't need to be consumed in the way that everyone always thinks it is, which is, you know, just turning it on in your house when you're cleaning or just in your car. It can be with you everywhere. And if you've got a strong enough um, love or affection for a show, you'll find ways to listen to it. Yeah, and we certainly have been doing that. So um, I just want to say thank you to to you, James. We we are sadly um, at the end of the conversation. However, you can... uh, I'm going to do it like the radio. Um, You can listen to Capital Breakfast on digital, online. (laughs) On DAB or on Global Player. Or on Global Player. (laughs) So make sure you check that out. Thank you so much for for coming here today. And thank you, listeners, for joining us again. Anytime. It was a pleasure.